1: awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids.
0: Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast
1: now?
2: Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, welcome to the Death to Light podcast. My name is Richard Young. And it is 11.17 p.m. on a Friday night. And I was about to go to sleep because we got we to gotta drive tomorrow. I'm going to a church, at Jadra's church in, in Missouri. And I was going to get some shut eye. But the podcast wasn't ready to go up. And I was going to get, I know I was just going to get texts from Eddie tomorrow like, where's the podcast? So I got to put it up. I just got to, and uh, the episode today is part two of Chico, and if you didn't notice, part one of Chico was a lot of death, and then at the end, there was some life, and in this one, uh, we talk about what life is like, and we break that down, and uh, there's some wild stories. It was just cool to kind of meet him for the first time. I had not ever met him, Um, but... I got to spend a lot of time in Oregon this last uh, 30 days, (laughs) but I'm back in Kansas City. And uh, this is a conversation that we just recorded a few nights ago. And listen, I've been getting um, a lot of people saying that the podcast has really blessed them and helped them see things uh, differently. And this is what I want to ask you to do. And that is, if this thing has blessed you, please share it with somebody. Um, I really want people to listen to my podcast. And that is because there's so much life in it. Not, not because of anything outside of just like, this thing is crazy. Like these stories, I, they just blow me away. And Natalie and I were just, talking about this, about how there's so much life in these stories. And so, hey, please share this thing. Send people to lovereality.org. Send them to wave one and send them the podcast if it's blessed you. And that's going to help this message of freedom from sin just get out there and and more people can understand and, and hear what has happened because of what jesus has done so please i would appreciate if you do that and yeah that being said let's get into the podcast buckle up strap in love y'all appreciate y'all
0: yo richard are you about to do the podcast
3: So, check the price yeah, it's paid for. Oh, my God, it's the life I was made for. We do it, Major. We do it, Major. On my soul, check the price that's yeah, paid for. So, Oh, my God, it's the life I was made for. We do it, Major. We do it, Major. Yeah. yeah.
2: Put off the chains, we bounce yeah bro, so, um, this is my I guess I don't know, third or fourth on location podcast, <laughs> 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 and uh, man, just thinking about where your story ended, um I think we finished where you were in the bathroom, you just listened to it, right, yeah, where did it finish
1: when? I had that crazy experience with God in the bathroom.
2: Okay, now <laughs> when I left after recording your podcast, I got in the truck with everybody, and I was like, "Yo, Chico's story's so crazy!" And I don't know if it was Justin or or Jonathan was like, "Oh man, but he, did he tell you about the river?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "What? What? What river? Are you, what river are you guys talking about?" Yeah. And um, I think we skipped some part of that before when what river tell me about this river how does it how does it play into your story
1: dude so the river there's there's a park over here called uh lewisville park and there's a river that runs through it and uh so this was this incident happened before Ayahuasca, um, and it was this was one. Of, this is how desperate we were. So my brother got hit with schizophrenia at sixteen, and uh, the the family was just super in disarray. Right, and plus my my dad was always cheating on my mom and doing what he does. Um, my mom's was pretty neurotic. And, uh, and then you have my aunt who's sick. Um, nobody's getting along. There's just so much... There's no love in the family, right? There's all of this sickness and disease and just chaos in the family. Well, we always thought that there was a curse on the family, like you know, Mexicans are super superstitious, superstitious yeah. bro, and um, and and there's there's. Did you hadia. used to be that
2: way? Did you used to be super superstitious?
1: I don't. I didn't. I thought it could be. I I thought the things could be real. I thought there could be a curse in the family. I mean, it sure as heck explains everything that's going on. You know, it's generational. The thing, the story was that somewhere down the line in our family, one of our uh, grandpas or something like that, when he was a kid, he used to get abused really bad and he got locked into a a, a cellar. And uh, there was a moment where uh, he made a deal with the devil that um, if he were to get free from that, that he would promise one kid from every generation, right? That would essentially be his. And, uh, I don't know how true that is, but, uh, if you take a look at the family history, I mean, everything from rape to murder, uh, incest, you know, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you name it, it is in our family. And so, we 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 thought they could be true right mm-hmm. so man this was probably i would say this was probably about 5 6 years ago definitely before ayahuasca but we were definitely trying everything that we could to bring about some peace um some healing in the family so my mom and dad actually talked to somebody in mexico And told them what was going on in the family, how sick my brother was, and how things were in the family. And he told them that there was a curse on the family. And in order to break this curse, you had to perform some rituals. And uh, long story short, my mom ended up paying them uh, like $5,000. And in Mexico, that's a lot of money. Right.
2: She paid them to tell them what the rituals were.
1: Yeah. He said, just give me this amount of money and I'll help you break that curse. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> she sent them the money. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> she sent them the money and they told her basically, you have to get all of your family members, head down to. A river and uh get these eggs and uh I believe they were I think they were hard boiled eggs or something like I can't really ex- remember exactly if they're hard boiled if they're raw eggs but you had to take these eggs and uh run them up and down the body of each of your family member and break them and throw them in the river If I'm, if I can remember right, I think that's what we had to do, and you had to do it before noon, right? This is what five
2: thousand dollars will get you. Yes, five thousand dollars. Hard boiled, not over easy, scramble, and the cage free eggs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, antibiotic, uh,
1: hormone. No, that's so funny. Uh, So so we did that and I remember like we were so desperate for anything that we were just hoping so much that this could be the thing that a sets my brother geeky free from schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and just brings about some, some peace in the family. Um I can't wait for you to get my mom's testimony because she'll, be, she will remember this really vividly, but this, uh,
2: so your mom was the ringleader of this. She went and she got the eggs and she did all this.
1: Oh yeah. She did everything. And, and my dad was, uh, my dad was very, very, I, I feel like almost like. That dude was possessed. If there was a curse on anybody, it was on him, right? Like yeah. he, it was pretty bad. Uh But anyway, so she managed to gather us all together, even my brother Joseph, who's a non-believer. Mm-hmm. Like he is so down to for the family that he's willing to just entertain anything, um, to to promote some type of unity or or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just that way. He's super down for whatever and if my mom begs him to do something like he'll entertain it and just be like okay so we all we all get together and we're rushing dude like we're literally rushing because we were late people are, are late you know some people are laughing about it but my mom's like super super desperate and um and and some of my brothers are just like oh man this is funny but we all like got together and we made how many our, of you are
2: there
1: seven of us boys total
2: your mom had seven boys? seven boys how many girls did she have? none seven boys
1: yeah and that's up for debate at the dinner table sometimes like
2: how many there are <laughs>
1: how many boys and girls there are <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke we have with each how other. Many,
2: how many was it just one father or how many
1: no there was three different was fathers three. yeah okay yeah so here's my stepdad right and he's he's with us and we're rushing down to the river we get there just barely in the nick of time bro with it like give or take like three minutes and um and so we do the thing and everybody's on the bank of the river and we're all standing in line and my mom's the one that's actually performing this ritual and you can just see the look on her face it's just so anxious dude and so desperate It just, like, thinking about it now, just, it really just makes you feel sorry for anybody who doesn't know this new, this life that you can have with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we, at the time, like, my mom believed that God was real, but she didn't know that you can have a direct connection with God, and she didn't know how to get it or... You know, she, cause she prayed a lot, but, um, it wasn't up until recently that she, she found it. But, anyways, dude, we do the ritual. And the part in the, in the stipulation was that you could never get,
2: go back to that river again. That's just part of the ritual.
1: That, yep. It's just like, make sure that you, you never go back because as soon as you do, then the, the ritual, is gonna not it's not gonna work and it'll go back to the way so things so what,
2: what did you guys pick a river with that in mind that you could never go back to it
1: no we just thought about the closest river that we could find that was next to our house
2: <laughs> so what river was it
1: the Louisville river over there by where justin coo lives i don't know if you've been to his house
2: no i haven't been to his house is it a pretty large river
1: it is a beautiful park and um i did remember feeling like dang we can never come back to this place. You know, this is a nice... People go there and have cookouts and, you know, it's huge. It's beautiful and the river's really nice.
2: But if it breaks the curse, it'll be, you know, it'll be worth it.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, we can go somewhere else, I guess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that, that that's what happened.
2: It, after we got done with that... Um, it's like 11.58 and you throw the eggs in the river.
1: Yeah, bro, we were really like... I think we were really actually a little late and my mom said that the witch doctor was like don't worry it's it's it's, it's fine like it, it should be good enough um yeah it's which so doctors funny. like
2: send me another thousand dollars yeah and i'll move that timeline
1: up just a little bit for you guys <laughs> you know it's it's that's how crazy it was bro and Oh, man, it's so frustrating to think that people just get swindled out of so much money, dude. Like, families that are so desperate. And you know what the crazy thing is, too, dude? That on some level, I really do think that there are these types of spirits or um, <clears throat> witch doctors that can perform things that that do have some validity to it. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it's it's definitely not of God. Right, and it's right. and it's. I mean, let's just call it for what it is: it's pagan practices, right? Or, um,
2: <laughs> well, there's. We're not going to get into this too deeply, sure. But there is a complete other realm, sure, where there are, um, like Baal, mm-hmm. Baal, or however you say Baal, and Moloch. Mm-hmm. Those are real things. I don't know what that is yet. Those are uh, Old Testament gods that um, the old prophets. Like different groups of people worship these gods, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're like I said, we're not going to get too deep sure. into but it. There's another realm. Isn't there's, it? there's 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 another realm of Elohim, mm-hmm. and Elohim means it's it's gods, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but there is a god that is the king of kings and lord of lords his name is yahweh yeah and we won't get too deep into this Sure, but there's a reason that there's there's um you know there's yeah. stuff but we follow the one true god sure dude it's so crazy i seen this
1: testimony of this amazonian shaman mm-hmm. um who who gave his life over to christ and uh it's so crazy i'll have to find a video and send it to you so you can see it hear it but it 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 really does um correlate with what you're saying, right? Because he used to like be in that realm. Uh, but he said that there was one up above that they made so much noise up there. Um, but he recognized that it was the ultimate, but in his in that realm they still
2: Yeah, if anybody who's listening to this is interested in that, check out the book Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser. Mm-hmm. And I am not an expert on this at all. Right. Um, but this guy breaks down different texts in the Bible that speak of the different Elohim mm-hmm. and breaks it down in a very super interesting way and explains, you know, the Tower of Babel. Have you heard the story of the Tower of Babel? Uh yeah. Very yeah. so so he breaks that down. So you you throw these eggs in the water, you're yeah. a little late. Yeah. What happens? You guys are just standing there. Yeah. Did so you just leave? What? Then
1: we. Yeah. You leave. Oh, you couldn't look back. You couldn't look back at the river either.
2: Who threw? Who throws them in? Your mom. My mom.
1: As soon as you're done, you turn around and and like start heading back. So uh, and then my, yeah, it, it was just so weird, dude. But um, anyways, so nothing happens, right? Like my brother's still schizophrenic. And um, there's still just a lot of chaos going on, tension in the family and whatnot. Nothing happens, dude. And so it's so crazy because um, we we didn't think that there was anything else that can help. I mean, if this guy didn't help, then nothing could help. We were just doomed to to have this miserable life for the rest <laughs> of our lives. Um, but you fast forward, yeah. right till to to this experience that I have uh, in the bathroom where where I come to the realization that Jesus is in fact real hmm. um, I didn't come to find out we we have this authority that Jesus gives us, right that mm-hmm. what does he say uh, to Peter? Right? He's going to build this church on this rock and not even the gates of Hades can withstand his name. Hmm. Bro, a month after uh, I got saved, right, mm-hmm. and I had this crazy experience in the bathroom, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. Like, I became that Jesus freak mm-hmm. that I used to make fun of. Right. Hardcore bro, like
2: what did you learn right away did because your experience that Jesus is real mm-hmm. I mean, what was your what what did that mean him being real at that point
1: For one, it meant that I was definitely loved and that i was I was good, right, and it meant that that there was hope, and there was new life there was something other than what i was experiencing which was complete misery and uh but the implications of all of that would come by way of justin discipling me you know and meeting you guys and talking to 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 other people um i remember when i met michael loomis for the first time and just it, it it seemed everything seemed like a mo- like i was in a movie bro like i met uh these new friends and the just the look on their face the glow on their face you know it was just so beautiful and i can see that they were in fact you know they they were followers of jesus too and so so,
2: so you're like you go back from this experience in the bathroom and you see justin like it's He's back to get a haircut and then you just start telling him, yo, this thing happened.
1: Oh, I think that's when J- Justin really let loose <laughs> and was just like, yeah, dude, like you're, this is what's going down. This is what's happening. This is who Jesus is. And yo, I, I would ask Justin so many questions and, um, cause I was still skeptical. So at, on some level, mm-hmm. I didn't understand a lot of things. And, uh, I started going to church with, with Justin and, talking to were
2: you just like, hey, can I go to church with you? Or did was he inviting you?
1: Oh, he was inviting me. Uh-huh. He actually invited me to an LRT wave one at PVC. And I didn't realize how good that was. And so and plus I was working too. I really couldn't go. So you're like ah, I'm good. Yeah I'm like nah I'm good bro thank you though. Um but little did I know what was really going on hmm. you know
2: uh that's the if you search love reality tour on youtube that pvc one that he did is our that's what pops up on youtube right the biggest thing Yep.
1: uh so you know like oh it was about a month after this experience that i had in the bathroom that oh man it's kind of i gotta put into context here right a little bit so me and justin um Sophie and and Michael and Emily, we go get some sushi and I'm like pumped, dude. I'm just like listening to them talk and, and, you know, trying to soak up information, asking questions. And then the topic of the enemy comes up and, uh, and we're talking about how, like, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, we have all authority, right. And that the enemy has no power if we you know, stand in that faith. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was joking around and I said, because I, we, we have a lot of experience with the enemy in my family, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, like crazy stuff happening, dude, like evil stuff. And, um, so I told, I I joked around with Justin and I said, Oh man, I can't wait to be able to say that, uh, use his name. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and Justin basically looked at me and said something, I forgot exactly what he said, but he basically said, yeah, be careful what you, you know, what you're, what you're asking for. I, I, or maybe that's how I felt. I don't think that he really said that to me, but dude, it was, it was shortly after that, dude, um, that I had this, like the most powerful experience that I ever had with the enemy was, um, in my sleep or when I was laying down and this, I never felt so much rage, so much anger. It was just so much, so, so dark. Um, and I, yo, I was awake, bro. And I, like this thing had its hand over my mouth or something and like screaming in my face, screaming in my face. And when I felt so helpless and like, and I couldn't do anything, I remembered like instantly, dude, like jesus like oh Hmm. i have jesus and so i tried to scream out jesus's name but i i couldn't even speak i couldn't move or do anything but i was able to mutter the first little syllable like "g," -G," right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. every little bit that i was able to get out this thing lost its grip and went from ch- to ch- mm-hmm. jesus and then finally bro i screamed out jesus mm-hmm. you know uh and this thing let me go i bro i'm not tripping when i tell you that there was this room went from being so heavy so mm-hmm. thick to so clear mm-hmm. like it was like the roof was the top of the roof was off and there was crisp, clean air in my room. Like the energy was just so clean, bro. I started to laugh and like shout in victory, dude. Like I was pumping my fist in the air and like making noise in the house hmm. because, yo, I realized that the enemy has no power Hmm. In Jesus' name, bro, like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, this is what we were looking for while we paid thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. went thousands of miles, paid shaman, paid witch doctors, paid, and just went to great lengths to... To get some of this uh, protection from the enemy, so to speak. And so, um, yo, this this thing right here got me so amped up, bro, that I found myself sitting in the hallway of my house in the dark, mm. like praising god and rejoicing in jesus like basically tempting whatever it call it the enemy or whatever spirits they were that were bothering us you know like basically like in your face dude like you got nothing you have no power and so um
2: what did what did you how much power did you
1: think he had before oh so much dude there was so much fear there was like we we were scared bro to to come to my we're here at my my grandma's house right now and we didn't even like coming over here bro there was so much evil like negative vibes like all around it was dark in here um it, it just had that power we didn't realize how free we could be in jesus so we were just victims
2: hmm I feel like so many people still believe that the enemy has kind of that power. And when we read that he that lives in us is more powerful than he that is in the world, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a sweet thought. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, I'm not sure if, I don't, I'll speak for myself. Sure. I didn't have that as like, oh, this is truth. This thing that lives in me is so much more powerful. Yeah. It was like a hopeful thing.
1: Oh sure, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's a good point. That's what we were at. That's how we were, basically. Um, dude, but should we go into the 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 river? Should we?
2: Okay. Well, I, let's get to the river first. But you're, you're, did you finish the the sushi story? You're eating with these guys. Yeah. Oh, and he says and he says be careful for what you wish for tell me how you kept on learning and growing in this thing as you're um when did you eventually get to a LRT thing just go in the in the is the progression Oh the sure was.
1: yeah oh, well also i i, I just want to clarify too i'm not exactly sure if that's i don't think that's what he said um i think my mind is kind of trying to fill fill a, a little gap there but it mm-hmm. basically it's just kind of like I don't think that he said, be careful what you wish for. Um, but, so anyways, uh, the whole LRT thing, when's the first time that I went?
2: Because I remember Justin starts talking oh, about your yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And we have this text that, that we're all on. And he was like, hey man, pray for my guy Chico. And we're like, who's Chico? And he's like, well, this is it's my barber. And we always just get excited when, when someone's, like receiving truth or something. he's like, I think he, he tried ayahuasca. He tried this and yo, I think he's kind of like vibing with what I'm talking about. And so we all start praying for you. And, but this is when you're like, you've had this experience and you're asking him more, more questions. What were the things about God that were just through these conversations with him starting to open up after this bathroom experience?
1: Well, First of all, I didn't even know that you guys were praying for me, so thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Well, no, I didn't, dude. So no, that's for great, sure, dude. dude. When oh man, that's that's amazing. Um, well when we started I started hanging out with him more. Um he started inviting me to dinner. Uh I started having dinner with him and, and his wife, Emily, and started meeting people like Sophia and Michael. Um, and, oh, we actually started going to church with him. He started inviting me to go to church. Mm -hmm. And so I started to go and I didn't know anything about, you know, denominations or anything like that. Um, but I was just open and he invited me. So I went with him and, uh, then he got me on to, uh, Marco Polo.
2: Oh, you joined our group
1: yeah yeah i did and then uh the agreement thread and uh it was just like yo there's a lot of cool people there's a lot of dope people that that actually like look like me or you know when i say looking like, like the age group hmm. you know yeah and people of color you know what <laughs> i mean like and there was young people and it was just like yo jesus is wow a, like young people can love jesus too you know because like my i just had this image of of going to church and there's a bunch of old people there you know um but i saw that it was not really like that and so like
2: now how much were you walking in this thing like and really understanding it when you're joining that stuff and seeing what we we're talking about oh, all the time i mean
1: i just had these crazy experiences and i was i knew that i was um free like right off the bat i was free from pornography um, right off the bat, I wanted to just serve jesus and and live.
2: How'd you know you were free from pornography? Talk about that well i I just didn't I remember
1: Justin was telling me something about about it um i I asked him a question about it, and he started to break down how you know how our bodies are um are temples, you know, and they're, they're, mm-hmm. uh, they have created value mm-hmm. and for us to really like siphon off of somebody else's, you know, deception for our own gratification is, is just not really in line with, uh, what Jesus would.
2: Yeah. Do. Cause you, you knew pornography was wrong, but you didn't know exactly why it was wrong. Exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 So, and I would ask Justin, I could ask him anything, you know, and, and, um, he he would never look at me crazy or whatever uh or, or I didn't feel like judged by him and he would he wouldn't even tell me to stop doing anything you know he would just just tell me like how it is and and basically leave me to make the decision for myself right and uh trusting that the holy spirit would would guide me in the right direction you know he um i remember actually committing to celibacy to uh until i got married um
2: was that uh was that a tough thing for you to do because i remember he hit us up Mm -hmm. and was just like yo how do i talk to him about this Mm -hmm. because it was just kind of like from left field like (laughs) i'm gonna like because you had asked him this question Mm -hmm. and he's like feeling the pressure like oh mm-hmm. how am i gonna talk like so what did he say and how did it land oh for man
1: you? He, so i basically it's like i i asked him the question and i knew that i was not gonna like the answer <laughs> 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 i just felt it dude i knew i wasn't gonna like it
2: You're like i don't know if i should ask this question yeah. but
1: let me ask it so he he writes me this long paragraph um and I can't even remember what it said, dude. All I knew is that it just basically said, this is how we look at it from a Christian perspective. And as inconvenient as it was, bro, uh, I made the commitment to to stick with it and um, stop having premarital sex, you know. And that went on for nine months.
2: So when you explained that to your girlfriend was she like you're crazy
1: I I should have in retrospect I I should have handled it differently and um talked to her about it first but instead I said hey this is what we're going to do and she was like uh okay <laughs> okay um why <laughs> and when I explained it to her she supported me and especially when i said hey this is a good time for us to like really build on our relationship without any you know physical Mm -hmm. uh motives behind it
2: why did you get convicted do you feel like so just you read it and you're like yeah that's facts or like
1: yeah it It just it just really resonated with me dude i was just like it just felt convicted like this is what this is what i want to do this is what i should do um I mean, we still live together, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, we we're both paying for the bills and we we're already established together, living together. But this is just something that I wanted to do uh, as a, I don't know, some type of fast, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Just really commit to, to serving Jesus in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't see myself enjoying physical intimacy with with my girlfriend and having jesus in the back of my mind or in my heart you know
2: it's a baby that's tough yeah it doesn't they don't really vibe right it doesn't
1: it really doesn't um this is a pit bull bro yeah her name's darla (laughs) she's the sweetest
2: she looks sweet okay so you're walking in that you're a part of this thing then what keeps opening up about God's character to you? Let me open this door. Real yeah, quick. let the dog out. Who let the dogs out? It's Chico. My bad. That's a a dad joke.
1: Come on, baby. Yeah. What
2: keeps uh what keeps growing and and about his character
1: it the the experience that i had was just so impactful dude um and the fact that something could fill me up with so much joy hmm. without even having to take a drug or get it from another person or it was just this this relationship that I had, and I started to just really dive deep into prayer, um, and alone by myself, and just it's so weird, dude. It's hard to explain. It was just this newfound relationship hmm. that I had that nobody else could could compare to. Nothing else can compare to. It was just the feeling of just being in love with um with jesus and the fun part for me was learning more about him Hmm. learning more about
2: what he said what he taught what he because at this point you didn't really have a a big background you just knew of jesus as a person but and like that he said it's better to be selfless than selfish like yeah but you didn't know exactly what he was about well the thing the, the the bible started to come alive to me
1: before I didn't really understand what things were meant scripture, mm-hmm. scripture wise. But, and with the help of Justin and uh, other people that I met, I started to really understand, like my eyes started to open and my ears started to open and it was just so, it was fun. It was just really, really captivating to find out more and more about who he was. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what happens next man, you're walking this thing out what what continues to to happen.
1: So I start to go crazy over Jesus. Um but honestly dude, I've always cared so much about what people thought about me that I would low key um I almost felt embarrassed. You know, like to my mom I can tell her anything, right? And then I'm just like, "Mom, Jesus is so real," but to other people and like to my brothers or whatever, to who I cared, thought about what they thought about me, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, kind of like tone it down quite a bit. And, um, but I felt so ashamed of that. When I went to my room at night and I prayed, I would know that I basically denied you. Hmm. And that hit really hard, bro, because I was reading about how, uh, who was it, Peter, that denied jesus three times yeah and you know i'm i'm very i'm a guy of many dreams (laughs) and i remember i had two dreams where i denied jesus bro and i felt so guilty but on the third dream i refused i literally stopped in the in my dream i was just like no no i'm not gonna deny jesus anymore i love him you know like Mm -hmm. no i'm gonna proclaim it to the world and so like And so that's been a part of uh I guess you would call it the ministry at the barbershop, you know? (laughs) It's it's gonna happen, bro. Like people who know me uh -hmm. will say, like, yeah, this guy he's gonna he's gonna talk about Jesus in one way or another. But uh so anyways, dude, I start talking to my mom about it. And uh she starts to think that I'm going crazy. And uh, she will admit now that she'll say, Iho, "I thought that you were really going crazy. Um, I was. You were starting to scare me, and I didn't know this uh, up until she actually came to receive the Holy Spirit." And because uh, she didn't tell you. She was just like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, right. Trying to be supportive while she's depressed. I'm looking at her like she's depressed.
2: What kind of stuff would you say to her? Just like, "Oh, Jesus, is awesome" or what would you say?
1: Yeah. Uh one time I was hit, yo, super in secret place like and I just I know uh well, it just it was so I felt so compelled, so led to to give her a word. Right? I was like, "Mom, yo, I know it's going to sound crazy, mom, but like" <laughs> I really feel like compelled to tell you that it's time. Like, I just feel like, like Holy spirit spoke to me and said, it's time in regards to you. And she's like, what do you mean? It's time. I was like, I don't know. Like, I know it sounds crazy, mom, but I just feel like that was the message. Like it's time. And, uh, here,
2: let me get, the Yeah, dog. bring the dog back in. What's your dog's name again? Darla. What's up, Darla?
1: So, bro, um she's super depressed. Like, she looks like a walking zombie. Um she's so depressed. And uh so one day she has this experience where she can't explain to what happened, but she's like super perplexed Mm -hmm. and and just really like Mm -hmm. anxious um so basically she she lost her id
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh she looked for it everywhere couldn't couldn't find it she was she was sure that it was under the seat but she couldn't reach it Mm -hmm. uh And she goes into the Walgreens and comes back out. And when she opens her door, her ID is sitting right on top of her seat. And she calls me to tell me this. And she's like, Chico, I'm not crazy. Like, I know for a fact that my ID was in between the seat. I couldn't reach for it. In fact, I pushed it even farther down. I could feel it. And she said, I don't know how it got on top of my seat. And I was like, Mom, I know that when you tell this story, like people are gonna be like, oh, Okay, you could have just like had it on your lap, or she's like, No, Chico, I'm telling you, I did not have it. It was it was under the seat. There's no way it could have been on top. I checked. I even turned and grabbed my purse and like I checked on top of the seat to see if it was gonna be there and it wasn't there. I was like, Mom, look, when here here's my interpretation of it, right? Mm. And this might be looking into it too te- too deeply or whatnot or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people might be like, oh, well, it's kind of <laughs> maybe it was on top of the seat the whole time. But dude, it just, when I told my mom that it was time mm-hmm. and she didn't know what that man, I didn't either. And then a week later that happened with her ID and I was like, mom, I'm, let me just interpret this real quick. This is just coming to, from my heart. This is just really just speaking to me right now. Mom, what is your ID? And she's like, my driver's license. And I said, Yeah, but it's what is it? Hmm. It's your identity, right,
2: mm-hmm. Darla? Get down, baby. Darla.
1: <laughs> let me let me put her up real quick.
2: Okay, I think we're back.
1: Okay, cool. Your ID? Yeah. So she she's, I said, Mom. What is your ID? And she's like, well, it's my driver's license. And I said, oh, yeah, but what is it? It's it's your identity, right? And you lost it. Hmm. And you're trying to reach for it, right? You're trying to find it. But the harder that you try, you just keep on pushing it farther and farther down, right? And, like, you just don't have it anymore. But who restores that identity, right? Is God. Hmm restored that for you. And when you couldn't, he did. And it's just like, here, here you are. Right. So mom, I think that what this is, everything that's happening with me and what's happening with, with you. Look, mom, I think what it's time for is for you to die. Right. To like that old identity and for you to rise up in the identity that God calls over you. Right. Like a daughter. You're righteous, you're loved, you're worthy, you're all this and that, you know? And I just started going off, like, this is not even me at this point talking, right? I am just remember speaking to her in the living room and just, like, pacing back and forth and just, like, Holy Spirit, bro, was just, like, letting it rip. I couldn't even tell you what I said, bro. (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, I've had experience like that where just, like, I don't even know what I said to that person. I just was
1: going. Right. And she's like, well, yeah, that sounds good right (laughs) yeah cool story bro yeah bro and then um a few days later well actually no oh she she had this experience in the car where she felt like so much sadness followed by so much love and she'd never experienced that before and um and uh, there's so much more detail that i'm sure that you'll get to hear her her testimony bro but Mm -hmm. like so a few days later, bro, my aunt, my my only aunt that survived that surviving at the time, she dies. Mm-hmm. This is my mom's best friend, dude. She dies. Um it's so crazy because she started going to church on the low before she passed, and uh when she was on her deathbed. I was praying with her and over her and it was the most beautiful thing, dude. I would never have imagined being able to be that strong Mm -hmm. to be able to be next to her and praying for her and talking to her. I saw her pass away and uh, it was the most beautiful death that I've ever experienced. Um, when she was still a little coherent, I told her, we're going to rejoice and pray to God, you know, one day, like, we're just going to be just praising Jesus. And she just, just faintly nodded her head like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she passed away, dude, like whew, so heavy, dude, this was my tia. This was my aunt. This was like my mom's best friend. She was one of the the pillars in the family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so she passed away and my mom was just rocked, mm. devastated, bro, devastated. And, uh, five days, five days into mourning my aunt's death, I said, um, we were here at this house right here that we're at and then she was sitting in the living room and I said, mom, would you... I know that you're having a hard time and I totally get it. And you can say, no, it's fine. But do you want to come with me to, to church? There's this guy who's speaking about identity. Um, and I think that would be really cool for, for us to go. And, uh, she thinks about it. and She's like, okay. Hmm. I was like, really? She said, yeah. I said, okay, Hmm. we're going to go. That was the second time that LRT came to PVC
2: mm-hmm. Wave Two.
1: Uh, yep, and and I oh I was I did attend. Uh, I think it was a morning a morning gig that Jonathan did, and uh, that night is when I brought my mom. Yo, I was so convicted on the way to to pvc mm-hmm. i looked over and my mom was just so so miserable i said mom i don't know how but in the name of jesus you're getting healed tonight hmm. bro i could not believe what i said and i was scared of what i said hmm. i was like what the heck did i just say dude? <laughs> and she's like okay well. yeah Like, what does that even mean? You know, she, and so when we get to PVC, Justin is in the front row, you know, Greg's there. And, um, uh, I can't remember who else, who else was there, but when I met, when I saw Jonathan, I was like, bro, (laughs) I basically promised my mom that she was getting saved tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I need you to help me fill this order here. <laughs> That's, like, basically how I told him. What did he say? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pray it up. After after this, we'll pray
2: it up. <laughs> we were talking about this, uh, <laughs> I think, last week. And he says when he heard that you said that, he was like, come on, man. <laughs> 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 You're killing me, bro. Yeah, what are
1: you doing, bro? Like, it's not how it works, man. <laughs> you can't just promise somebody that something's going to happen to him right then and there. Like, I mean, of course... I, I, at the time that I said it, bro, I was so convicted. Right. And so, and, and I go sit down next to her and she's just looking so somber. And Jonathan, um, he starts speaking, dude. And we're like worshiping. He starts speaking.
2: Do you remember what he was preaching about?
1: Yo, I, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, No, bro. There was so much, uh, and I had so much, (sighs) I was listening to what he was saying and I was hoping that my mom was saying it too, but it was, it was, um, you know, calling out the lies that we live under. That's what it was Right. calling it out. And <clears throat> so we got to the point where, um, we took a few minutes to, to invite Holy spirit in and to reveal the lies that we were living under. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pray those things out mm-hmm. right in the name of Jesus and all this and that. And so, we're sitting we're standing there for like I think we're sitting there for like, I don't know, about three to five minutes. hmm Everybody just quiet, just trying to get a word, right? Or like right. In, in that space. And then when Jonathan starts talking again, he starts asking like who who wants to uh who wants to share what was revealed to them, what lies they might be living under, right?
2: Mm-hmm
1: people start sharing and uh i look over to my mom and i whisper to her i was like mom what do he say to you and she just starts crying and i was like oh shoot it's about to go down bro <laughs> i'm like oh i was like mom what did he say to you and she could barely get the words out bro she's just crying and she's like quietly you know she does she's she's a very big introvert right. she don't want nobody looking at her she don't want no none of that so she's like started whispering and getting it out she's like I'm worthy and I was like what and she's like I'm worthy of his love and it was just like she for the first time that she felt it and she heard it dude and she starts to cry and I look over at Jonathan and I start waving bro like get that mic over here we need to just like get it over here so he comes over and he gives the mic to my mom Mm. and he's on like he said something like what what'd he he say and then she bro she grabbed the mic Mm -hmm. spoke into it this is not my mom bro (laughs) my mom would never do that in front of people and she just proclaimed it i'm worthy of his love yo the roof just went all out of the house bro it was just like we were just like oh my gosh, yes. He's like pr- praising, bro. And just, she started bawling, bro, bawling. And everybody came around there, put their hands on her, bro, and just started just praying over her. And she just couldn't stop crying, bro. And uh, she's like, I feel it. I, I'm worthy of his love. And it was, you could see it. I saw my mom reborn right before my eyes, bro. Like, receive the Holy Spirit right before my eyes. I saw her just completely change, dude. This was, I would have died, bro. I would have sacrificed myself if it meant knowing that my mom was going to receive the love of God and feel it and, like, know that she was worthy. Mm. That's how bad I wanted it for her. And I didn't have to because he did right and like yeah. oh my goodness dude it was just so beautiful and we in and, and afterwards um she was she Justin was recording her and she gave her testimony of what she experienced in those moments and i'll leave that for her to on yeah. another podcast but cuz there's so much more behind hers bro but let me tell you this she and i came into this house we there used to be so much evil, mm-hmm. and we stood firm in God's identity over us, bro, and we just said, we're not going anywhere
2: Mercy. We're,
1: we're we're sanctified, bro, <laughs> we're like oh my goodness, dude, uh and sure enough, dude, this house has transformed to a stronghold, right, like a house of God, wow, like we started having Bible studies here, um and my brothers would come and go, and we would invite my brother to study with us. Mm. And uh, he would laugh at us. <laughs> and my mom would kind of get a little discouraged. And I was like, Mom, don't even trip. Like, watch what's going to happen, bro. Sure enough, like three months later, guess who's joining us for Bible study, bro? My brother. Mercy. On top of that, my uncle, who lives here he's tried to commit suicide five times at least on the last attempt he lost his arm and uh just used to just hate the way he looks you know who he is low self-worth um he come to know jesus too and accept him and now me and him bro spend our mornings before i go to work reading scripture talking about the bible he asked me questions bro and like the questions that i used to ask justin and all you guys and like mm. he asks me and i can you know point him in the right direction now and like he's just so on fire for jesus bro he's just like i just want to know more i just want more and he's like i love living now and uh it is so amazing what what god has done in our life in our family bro like
2: i remember you coming on the polo and you were just like your mom was right there just testifying yeah and we were just like it'd be like a 30 minute polo and we all just watching it (laughs) because it was the bomb just like this is crazy yeah and it's like how is all this happening with one dude like one guy is like in your whole family just bro that's so crazy because
1: it wasn't like anybody was going to church and like uh, well, nobody in my family was. Hold on, let me get her
2: out. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Nobody in my family was going to church like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and God, bro, like, came to where I was at, pulled me out, and like lit me on fire, and. And then it just became this, my mom, my uncle, my brother, my tia, my grandma, you know, like so crazy. And so... How long ago was this taking place? A year and a half, bro. Like not even, it was about a year and a half since the experience that I had. And then three or four months after that was my mom. A couple months after that was my brother. A few months after that was Johnny, my uncle,
2: um... So are you able to like walk them through this and like you were saying, you read the Bible with your uncle, like just kind of disciple and just, is that something that you're getting used to and now you're doing it at the shop more and more?
1: Yeah. it It's really interesting, bro, because um, my mom looks to me for, for these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny looks to me for these questions and, and, you know, they say, oh, like, you're, you're, you're really wise, you know? Yeah. It's like, not even me, dude. Like, this is not me. I don't want to take any credit because.
2: So there was a time where Justin had texted us and it seemed like you were discouraged. hmm What was happening then?
1: Oh, man. What time? <laughs> like, there's many times in this, in this walk so far that I've just been, discouraged or like kind of go back and forth with uh my analytical mind. So know? how
2: do you like how do you reconcile all that? What do you do?
1: Uh secret place is is the ultimate, hmm. you know, uh revealer <laughs> to things yeah. that I'm have questions about or whatnot, you know, because I mean we were this was all a lot of it was during COVID lockdown. Right. A lot of YouTube videos, you know, a lot of um videos trying to debunk jesus a lot of
2: and so you uh, got started watching those and you're like what's going on yeah
1: i mean because i want to in a sense bro i want i wanted to test my faith i wanted to be able to answer our hard questions i wanted to be able to really stand firm in this right right because i've done so many things i've put all my chips in one bag so many times Mm -hmm. right all my eggs in one basket so many times and i'm scared uh deep down inside that at some level like this could be false you know what I mean? Because this is the thing that has been, has given me so much life, so much joy. And if I run across a video where somebody makes a very good case for the, you know, uh, the fallacies of the gospels or the, um, you know, how, how they can't be right and they can't be true because this and that, my analytical mind will not serve me well, you know, and I'll start to kind of like wrestle with that mm-hmm. and, or for whatever. And so, Justin is always somebody that I can go to and talk to about this and that and um you know it always comes down to just going to a secret place. Mm. You know like anytime that I'll ask Justin or Jonathan or Tyler or whatever mm. it's always like well what does your father say? Mm. You know go to a secret place. And then it's always just so evident that mm. yo there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that any of this could not be real. You know, like we're sitting here a year and a half after this revelation and what it's done to my family and my, there's no way that God, Jesus cannot be real, bro. Um, And so I always just go back to secret place and and
2: get that. So let's, uh, let's talk about the river again.
1: Yeah. Going back to the river that you're never supposed to go go back, right? Yeah. I was scared to even go drive by, by that place. Bro, there was times when I would drive by there to go when if I was doing something, I wouldn't even look that way. But um, this is how, oh my goodness, bro, this is how good God is, bro. Since then, since do, not ever going back to that river, since receiving Jesus, bro, receiving the the gospel in my family, not only have we gone back over there, bro, but I got married over there. Justin,
2: how'd you decide like, oh, that's where we're about to get married?
1: uh, Well, it was a pretty park. It was low key. You know, I was during COVID. We went way back in the, at the end of the, at the end of the park. Um, It was, I just felt so confident in, in this new life with, with Christ Mm -hmm. that I was, I knew that I can go back there. Like nothing can stop me. You know, in Jesus, like, through all things, I can do anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can get through whatever I need to get through, and, like, Jesus will got my back. Like, I'm good, no matter what. So, we got married over there. Justin married us. Did he, you
2: feel some type of way as you were pulling up?
1: Not one bit. In fact, bro, that day was, like, the most happiest day of my life. What was the date? Uh, May 15th coming up here pretty soon
2: oh it's coming up for three days four days
1: yeah next this saturday coming up yeah um bro beautiful not only that bro but praise god that my mom went back there to get baptized in that river and then johnny my uncle went back there to get baptized in that river too they both got baptized in that river and it was just like when you think about it, bro, it's like, come on, let's let's freaking go, dude. Yeah, you that's know, he's
2: I mean? like, <laughs> oh, we're never supposed to come back here. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. get baptized here. Right. We're getting married here. That's crazy. That's awesome.
1: Never to go back. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> like, no, no. In Jesus' name, bro, we we're not held. We're not held to like any bondage. We're not cursed. We're not anything, bro. We're free in Him.
2: So since then, it's been a year since you got married. I remember, uh, I think Justin FaceTimed the whole squad, Mm -hmm. and we were all just kind of watching. Man, I think we were all together or something. I don't remember where I was last year at this time, but uh, we all were watching it. We're just like super pumped for you. In this last year, has it just been more of the same, more love, more, just more understanding? Like, what did, What would you say has is, is happened this last year as you've been walking this out?
1: Yeah, so there's definitely um, seasons or, or like rough patches that we go through where like my mom, for example, will start to kind of feel a little low or lost or whatnot. And when she's feeling that way, I can always just come in and just be like, yo, mom, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, and just really just kind of support her and, and remind her of the word that, you know, no matter what, and and Justin really helped put this into perspective for me, too, because everything was happening. And I was feeling great, you know, and I was having all these visions and dreams and feeling all these emotions. And he's like, that's great that you're feeling that. But just remember, you know, these things might not always be there. You might stop having visions and dreams and you might stop feeling this this type of way. But the word will always stand, right? Like God's word will always stand. So just remember that. Hmm. And so that's, that's what... um that's what i remind myself that's what, what i remind my mom and uh when i'm feeling like that she and i talk to her you know she's she's always there for me too you know to she's strong in the spirit in in that sense and reminding me too and so it's really cool that we now have what well, we now have a father that we can rely on and um when we're going through tough times uh, we get through them now in a different way and uh always come out just it's so crazy bro it's so crazy like when i'm having a hard time um i'll be on my way to work and i'll just i'll just listen to some gospel or something you Mm -hmm. know and they'll just speak to me and i'm just like man brings it all back around full circle that it's it's all about jesus bro it's it's all about the father and it just it is it is it recharges me it revitalizes me it just replenishes me Mm -hmm. um and you know, this whole thing about being with love reality and and talking about being free, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm still trying to, to find out what exactly that means. And cause like sometimes things will happen and I'm like, yo, that's, that's crazy. Like I get it. But then sometimes like I don't get it mm-hmm. and then I get confused and I'm just like trying to figure out like, man, what does that mean? And like, Like, I feel like there's, there's something that's not connecting to completely get me free. You know what I mean? Like I'm missing something like the, the secret, the combination is one number off or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and so like, it's just steady learning and maturing in the spirit and, um, continuing to, to, to be willing to just, um, listen and learn and, and get more into scripture and learn more about what, who Jesus is. And, but. Uh, and I'm sure there's there's so much n- more to understand, right? And like sometimes I'm overcomplicating things, you know what I mean? And and but but life is definitely different now, definitely yeah. different. Um.
2: So you're about to have a baby, right? How far along is is your wife?
1: She is six months.
2: Six months. Yeah.
1: Three more months to go.
2: And you don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We don't. You're doing that on, like, why did you make that decision?
1: Um, you know, everybody's doing gender reveals and, (laughs) uh, it it just, it just seems like there's, there's something in the back of my mind that knows that I'm getting satisfaction out of the attention, you know? And so that's why I don't want to do a gender reveal just because I know that like, there's so much of me wanting the attention and just kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, but... And and my wife, she's she gets that too, and I think she just wants to do something more of more intimate, um, because she is very heavy on social media. <laughs> so I think this is something that she realizes that, you know what? I think I just want something between us, you know, for us to have a moment together.
2: Man, I did not know what my first child was going to be. I mm-hmm. had no idea, and I told Natalie, I was like, we don't want to find out. Yeah. And when my daughter Nola came out, she's born, I realized that I thought for the whole time I was gonna have a boy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's not a boy. <laughs> what am I gonna do with with this girl? Yeah. And then on our second child, Natalie, she was like, You we didn't find out the first time. We're gonna find out this time. I was oh, like, okay, sure. you That's know, fair. one for me, one for you. And on the way home from her finding out, because I, I was in the dorm, I was working, I couldn't go, which Sounds pretty awful now that I'm saying it. <laughs> but my daughter was just like, I'm having a sister. And Natalie's like, No. She's like, No, it's oh, and then Noah's like, Oh, I'm having a brother. So Nola told me over the phone that it was gonna be a boy. And so we knew that um Jonathan was gonna be a boy. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing like not knowing on the day. Wow. And you're just like I have no idea what yeah. it's going to be, and I think it's a, I think it's awesome and exciting. And people say, "Well, you have that experience when you have the gender reveal." I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's much different when the doctor pulls that baby out yeah, and yeah. says, "It's a." It's much different, and it's to be honest, it keeps you keeps you going for a while. Sure, it keeps the excitement going all the way through the pregnancy. I'm not hating on anybody who does a gender review. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I like I like that you're doing it this way. Bro, there's
1: something like spiritual about it to me when I think about it. Um and and it, considering the vision that I had, right, I'm not I'm not putting my faith on whether or not this baby is gonna be a girl. Right. In fact, bro, I low key think it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh you know we were we had an ultrasound and um told the docs the lady that we didn't want to know what it was and she was measuring the femur and you know i thought i I thought i saw that it was a boy but i'm not a (laughs) professional right like i'm i'm like and and so i think it's gonna be a boy but i didn't we didn't confirm it or anything i kind of kept it to myself
2: this is one of my (laughs) one of my favorite stories is my my homie was at the ultrasound and he wanted to know, they wanted to find out if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. And the doc says, congratulations, you're having a boy. Mm -hmm. And my my buddy was like, are you sure, doc? And he's like, yes, I am. He's like, well, I mean, what are the chances that it isn't a, a boy? And the doctor was looking at him and he's like, let me say it like this. If you're having a girl she has a penis <laughs> <laughs> he was like oh okay yeah so yeah. so yeah. that's it's a boy okay. yeah so but you thought you uh you were able to to make even when people show me pictures of an ultrasound and it is a boy i'm like all right i am like I i can not that's what oh i don't know
1: bro like well i saw around uh what looked like some type of yeah scrotum right but i didn't see i didn't see a penis um and so I'm thinking, like, well, I could be wrong. Yeah, you right? could be. Wrong. I, I, and, and so I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, but it, it, if it is a boy, I mean, praise God. Yeah, praise right? God, man. But if it's a girl, praise God, praise God, and her name will be Anaya. Mercy. You know, uh, God has answered.
2: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna front. I think it'd be super cool if it was a girl, bro. <laughs>
1: Listen, man, I, I, I will. I will definitely admit
2: there will be a little bit of a. Okay, so now we gotta wait. <laughs> you but, know, but, for but, the girl. but let's talk about this. Yeah. So many people get in their feels about this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't change what's true about God. Like you pray no. for something. Like I've prayed healing for people, and they didn't get healed. Yeah. It can't shake me. It's not going to shake me.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Well, that's one of the
1: things that's been uh, that was a little bit of a, a a bump for me in in my walk with Jesus, bro. Is Outside of this house here, I've prayed for somebody who had some metal on his feet, you know, and I was so scared and nervous about praying for him. But I thought that if I didn't pray for him, then that means I don't have faith. Mm -mm. And then when I do pray for him, I'm like doing it really fast to get it over with and like, okay, in Jesus name, uh, pray for healing and then just like walk away. And when they don't get healed, then that means I didn't have enough faith You know, and so that's something that I struggled with, too.
2: No, man, it's one thing we get mixed up in this whole thing. It's not our prayer that heals somebody. Mm -hmm. It's Jesus. Right. He he heals. And yeah, like, it's his will that everybody is healed. And Mm -hmm. so, and he told us to lay hands on the sick. And so let's just do it. Yeah. And there's some things like your, your analytical mind doesn't serve you in this. Yeah. Like, Sometimes the less we know about a sickness or a disease, it's easier for us to pray. Mm. Like we just pray in believing that Jesus loves this person and that it's their will that it's his will that they're healed. Yeah. And then I don't need to know about the disease. Right. And about it's like uh what's the move it's like Empire Strikes Back where Han Solo's like don't ever tell me the chances. Like they're going through an <laughs> asteroid field, and C3PO is just like, it takes you one and, two, you know, seven million that we're going to make it through this asteroid field. And Hansel is like, never tell me the chances. And that's how I feel about some, sometimes with prayer and healing. Yeah. Like, let's just pray, man, because he told us to do it. Right. And let's just believe that he loves us and believe that he loves the people that we're praying for. Right. And that it is his will yeah. to heal the sick. So we're just going to keep doing it, and if if it, like, keep doing it.
1: Right. Yo, so now I have a barbershop, right?
2: Chico's Classic Barbershop.
1: And a year ago, I never imagined having a barbershop. But now I have this shop, and I cannot tell you how many times I've been able to share the gospel with people, um, with uh, atheists, agnostics other believers, you know, and just sharing my testimony. Um I've prayed for a few people and we've they've left in tears because it was just so powerful. This 76-year-old uh Vietnam veteran had uh some balance issues from some trauma that he had in the war mm-hmm. and his ear was starting to bother him and bug him, right? And I said, "John, I know this might sound a little crazy, man, but can I can I pray for your ear?" and he said well sure you know and we we pray and when i get d- i put my hand on his ear and i thank jesus for the love that he has for us and for him being his son you know and and pray for healing and, thank you, and we receive that i open my eyes and john is crying bro wow and i'm like oh my gosh he's healed and He wasn't healed. (laughs) It was the fact that nobody's ever prayed for him like that and, and showed him love like that. And, uh, and that right there in itself was just such a lesson for me, dude. Like, man, he, he cried because he felt my love. Right. And nobody's ever done that for him. And, uh, and he just said, thank you so much. Wow. And he took off.
2: Um, Wow. No, man, here's here's the rule. Just pray for these people, man. Yeah. Like, and when there's always this feeling that says, Don't do it. Right. It's always like this thing where you're just like, uh, they probably don't need to be healed. <laughs> or uh they're, they're, this is like <laughs> like I'm at this park and this lady walks up and she's just limping bad. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to lay hands on her. I need yeah, to pray for her. Yeah. And then this other thought comes in, ah, she's not limping that bad, and she's going to be okay. And in that moment, I just have to get up yeah. and walk over to her. Right. And I walk over to her and I say, I notice that you're limping a little bit. Is there something wrong with your leg? Oh, yeah, I just had da 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 Well, what's the problem with it? It's da-da-da-da-da. Hey, do you mind if I pray mm-hmm. over your leg? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. You you can pray. So we pray for it. Yeah. I ask, hey, is it feeling any different? And a lot of the time they don't get up or they're like, oh, you know, and I say, okay. Yeah. God loves you so much. And I walk away. I ran into this lady at a bookstore and she's just sitting like, there's no chairs during COVID, mm-hmm. but she's sitting in this chair, like this roller chair and she's so tired. And I walk up to her. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? She's like, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm like, why are you, why are you sitting? She's like, oh, I have this trouble here and I just had surgery here and da, da, da. Hey, can I pray for you? Absolutely, you can pray for me. And this is what people say most of the time—ninety-five percent of the time—they say yes. Mm-hmm. And so I pray for her, and yeah. I'm walking away, and I see that the lady like down the aisle was watching us the whole time. Mm. I didn't notice that at first, mm-hmm. but she's watching us the whole time. Mm-hmm. So let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just pray. Right. Lay hands on the sick because he told us to, right. and because we can. Yeah. Let's not overthink it.
1: Absolutely. I was in Walmart not too long ago and yeah. I prayed for this lady. Well, I, I prayed for one lady. And then another case, I asked this lady if I could pray for her because she was bending over so much, so hunched yeah. over so much, you know. And I said, hey, I just feel really compelled to pray for you. Can I do that? And she said, uh, I don't have time for that. And I was like, okay, well, I just, I'm going to pray for you as I walk away and I hope that you have a good day. And she's like, okay. And so I prayed for her as I walked away, yeah. right? But uh, some people get really scared of of that, or kind of get weird about that.
2: But like, <laughs> yeah, we're afraid that if we pray and it doesn't happen, what's it going to do to my faith? Right. But yeah. I'm settled on that. It's yeah. not going to do anything to yeah. my faith. Right. Jesus is alive. It means a whole lot. Yeah. And it means I can do it.
1: Yeah. And so they, uh, that's where I'm at right now with with this walk, dude. I'm still learning a lot. You know, I'm still. Um, reading scripture and and getting to understand what that means, uh, certain, what certain things mean. Um,
2: it's just going to keep opening up, bro.
1: Yeah. Dude, these are gems. These are like rubies, diamonds in, in scripture that are just so just mind blowing, dude. Like when, and I wanted to touch up too on, on a little bit before we close. Uh, I know that we were talking about what I was struggling with before Christ, before Mm -hmm. jesus bro i was struggling with so much like yo i was healed of my confusion around my sexual orientation Mm -hmm. i was healed from my addiction to porn Mm -hmm. alcohol and marijuana Mm -hmm. uh in all transparency i did smoke and drink after these experiences Mm -hmm. but what was revealed to me during when i did that was uh when i drank and that morning I woke up because my mind was focused on whether or not I could drink, hmm. right? Not the love of God. Mercy. And when I woke up, I felt physically the effects from the night before. Mm-hmm. But I swear to you, dude, when I woke up, I was it was like God was pouring his love on me, bro. And he said to me, my love is sufficient for you. Hmm. Bro, that morning, like it was like a light switch turned off, and no longer, bro, did I have a desire to drink, or want to drink, or be able to drink. Wow, right? That's because he's loving you, exactly, bro. And it was so just—it's such a revelation, dude. Like it healed me. How? 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 This is what my analytical mind will say. How could it be, mm-hmm. right? That. Something like that could just heal you from that. And now it's not a matter of whether I can drink or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even, it's not even a thing. I tried to smoke weed mm-hmm. and I felt the peace and the life slipping from me. And I was like, Nope, I'm
2: done, dude. Like, this is not it. Like I'm good, bro. I'm not. That reminds <laughs> me of, of wheeze podcast when he's like, why do people need Jesus? Don't they know about weed? <laughs> And you're saying that when you're trying to smoke weed, it's just taking peace.
1: Exactly, bro. It's robbing you of the the life that he gives you, right? Like, it's, it's separating you from that. And I was like, no, I'm done, dude. I'm good. I don't even I will never smoke weed again. I will never do ayahuasca again. I will never do psychedelics, bro. I will never watch porn. I will never confuse my like my sexual orientation. Like I will I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know that Jesus is real and like that is sufficient for me. Like his love does it all for me. And that's a wrap, right? Like that's it. It's a Th- done deal.
2: There's so many people that misunderstand that life and they grew up maybe in in a home that lifted jesus up Mm -hmm. and they kind of want something else yeah and they want to try psychedelics or Mm -hmm. they want to live the the party lifestyle Mm -hmm. and you're out here like if anyone has ever partied i've partied yeah if anyone's ever done this or experienced any of these things that the world the the finest and hardest and darkest things that the world has had to offer mm-hmm. and you've come through it on the other side and as you look back at that like what would you say to somebody who's like man but i kind of want to try this or i kind of want to try that what would you say to somebody who's thinking about that with w- knowing what you know now
1: that is such a good question dude uh i get a lot of those people actually who sit in my chair. Mm. Um. What I say to them when they want to do these things mm-hmm. is, yo, if you decide that you're going to do this, let me help you do it safely. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me affirm to you though. I'll always affirm that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I promise you that. But if you're going to do these things, please do it safely. Mm-hmm. Because, um, it, it it can drive you crazy it can it's it's a dangerous it can be a dangerous realm right to dabble in yeah um and for people who are growing up in the church and tell me like man that's that's i grew up in the church so i kind of envy that well i envy you <laughs> yeah i envy you for believing without even like stepping out into the to the world like in 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 terms of like doing drugs and things like that and like your faith is so strong it kept you right here you know and like I envy that because me I needed this I needed to experience these things in order to believe hmm. or or else I wouldn't have of I don't think so it's really interesting when I hear people's experiences like that and I envy them but they envy me right like I admire the fact that they grew up in the church and they just believe and they're just, but other people, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you kind of feel like you, you want what you don't have sure. or what you haven't experienced. You wonder what it's like. And just kind of like when we're
2: told not to eat of the, the, yeah. Of, uh, of the apple. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> so as we wrap this up, man, if you've hung out with us for now going on, uh, four hours here from the first podcast and this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I know you've said a whole ton, but just drive home from hearing your story, from hearing everything from the trauma as a kid, all the way to the river, Mm -hmm. to, to your mom getting the Holy Spirit. Like why this story? Why do you want people to know this story?
1: Because the life that I lived was, I was such in deception and in death, living a spiritual death and wanting to physically die, um, and suffering so much trauma, feeling so lost and confused, alone, scared, um, just completely miserable. I I used to wonder, springtime is my favorite time of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I used to see these flowers blooming and and the trees blossoming. Everything's just looking so beautiful, but I could never enjoy it because I never had peace. I never knew what true love was. Um, And I thought to myself, is this it? Is this all there is to life? Because if so, I might as well just kill myself. Mm. I might as well just be bad. But there's something so much more. There's something so much richer, so beautiful, that there is more. There There is something more to live for. There is a relationship that you can have now. There's an experience that you can live now in Jesus. And it's not just a model to live by. This is not just uh, some master who who had very much, you know like some great wisdom to live by and it's just good to just
2: he's not confucius
1: right no this is life-giving this is so much more this is like i it's gonna sound weird but this is like everything that i sought for in ayahuasca is like in psychedelics and all this stuff man it's just he's it Yeah, he is it. He is the way. Oh boy, this is crazy, bro. This is absolutely just, and it's so hard because no matter what you tell people, like they, it's like I want to just ah just yell at them and just this is it. Jesus is it. But you can't do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, you can. But if somebody would have did that to me, if Justin would have did that to me, probably I would have been like a fish that he almost caught that you know just swam away mm-hmm. um and so that and that's another story right but like man there's just so much life there's so much love and freedom and joy and in jesus and he can give you everything that you ever that you'll ever need yeah. and more just like when i used to be so skeptical and so judgmental i used to laugh at you guys so much i used to just smoke weed from the bible the pages of the bible you know what i mean like i used to spit up at the name of god Hmm. bro but he loved me still well he loved me still and when i was ready to receive his love he gave it to me and didn't hold me to anything that i ever did in the past and that right there bro that is the apex of like what love is right like unconditional like unmerited right like we didn't i didn't deserve it like imagine like dan moeller's <laughs> yeah. imagine if we if, if if he was like how we were how we treat other people <laughs> you know like yeah. whew. but but he, it, it's in jesus bro everything is in god and jesus bro
2: love it bro love yeah. your story i'm glad we got the got, got to get part two yeah man and one of these days i gotta get your mom i gotta get i gotta get these people but uh for right now we'll we'll run with this one yeah dude and we'll put it up so
1: absolutely love you dude love you such bro. a pleasure and to anybody who's listening god bless you and man much love to all of you guys here i'm so thankful for all your prayers um and for anybody who's listening to to this and it, it might be just still on the fence or whatnot like yo take it from me jesus is everything
2: Let's go
3: I'm gonna go show case I say we make it to the moon It's too late and stop it it's a boom I know I can't I wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright I see they tryna ride. Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive Hey, stay alive hey. hey, put your hands down Hey, we ain't coming, questions, yeah, we bend down Creed, I am donus, watch the hands now We're from thinking broke to living rich now Hey, bustin' with the tools, you watch me slide now she look kinda bougie, and she bad now. Hey, mama think I made it, is easy, proud now. Hey, hey. kod only talk holy things i'm a prince that's rakim 23 check the rings fog on my feet on my soul jesus christ set me free only motivation on me now is heavenly lot of people trying to drain me of this energy i talked to god told me people's not my enemies i'm cutting ties with the spirits trying to play with me We go Case I tell we make it to the moon. It's too late, can stop it, it's a boom. I know I can't wait till you approve. I got people with me on the other side. Spirit on me too bright. I see they tryna ride. Coming out for the night, yeah. This that come alive. Coming out for the fight, yeah. We stay alive. They stay alive. Ay, stay alive.